I'm Aria Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. This episode, we welcome two-time NAIA D1 national champion with Oklahoma City University and over 25 years of coaching experience, current LA Sparks assistant coach, Latricia Trammell. our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content at windsider.com while you're there you can check out our overseas tracker it's live you can see where your favorite WNBA players are playing overseas all in one place coach rachel happy new year welcome to the show Coach, got any uh, exciting plans for the 2021 year? Maybe a WNBA championship is in uh, up your sleeve? Hey, that's always the ultimate goal, right? I mean, that's definitely something that we're striving for. But good morning. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. I, You know, I, I always I say this every time. I always say Happy New Year's because it should be many more Happy New Year's. Yeah. Um, I like how you think. I like how you think. I'm going to start saying that. That's a good idea. Well, talk to us a little bit. I mean, obviously, you got some attention uh, when Vicki Johnson took over at Dallas, and there was discussion of her offering a position to you. You've been in the league. Um, you've been in, in the college league. But talk to us about your journey into basketball coaching and kind of how you got to this point. I know it's a broad question, but share us. Give us a little glimpse, a window into the, the coaching journey of you. Okay. Well, I first I I uh, love Vicky. I know she's going to do a fantastic job, and, and I'm I'm just absolutely thrilled for her to be the new head coach of Dallas. But um, yeah, I started. You know, I've coached at every level, I think, except for <laughs> Division three and JUCO. I started. I've, I've coached junior high, high school, um, Division two, II, Division one. And then, of course, um, professionally now. But I, uh, I, I, when I was growing up, I, I had, th- I have three older brothers. There's a ten-year difference between me and my youngest. And two out of the three played college basketball. My middle brother Donnie, when I was going to high school and at, at Seminole High School, uh, he was the boys' basketball coach at the time. And so I, I would practice, you know, two hours with my team. Then I would stay and practice. A couple of hours with the men's, the boys' team in high school, and so I, I would just honestly, I, I would see just the rewards that he um, would receive, you know, just just by being a coach, you know, just the the teamwork and and making an impact in someone's life in a positive way. And I can honestly tell you that I did, I, I know that I, I I haven't wanted to do anything else. I, I, I drive to my passion every day, which, which I like to say, instead of driving to work. And, um, yeah, I mean, this is something that uh, I put my whole heart into, um, and I, I just absolutely love what I do. You know, it's really cool. You have such a unique lens on just women's basketball with your experience and all the different levels in which you've been at, which I think is fascinating and want to get into in a little bit. But obviously now yeah. – I mean, you've you've transitioned a lot throughout your career. I mean, you've spent the majority of your career as, as a head coach. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we talked about you winning those two NAIA championships, which is huge. 
Um, but what's that been like for the last couple of years, last few years, really, being an assistant in the WNBA, going from a head coach to an assistant coach? Uh, what's that transition been like? Yeah, I, that's a great question. I um, that, that's one good thing that when you when you put yourself with other head coaches that give their their assistant coaches some accountability, some ownership. Uh, I like to say that you're you're not just renting a position in the organization, and uh, Coach Fisher has done that. I mean, he definitely empowers his assistant coaches to have a voice to have some ownership, as I mentioned. And uh, but yeah, it, it 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 at first I will tell you I, I struggled a little bit with it, and that was just me going from a head coach to even to a D1 assistant. Um, but I know what those head coaches are thinking. I know what they go through. I know the tough decisions that they have to make that at times other people don't understand. And so I can kind of help relay that message to the players and uh, just, you know, just um, other extended family members in, in our organization. So it's, uh, you've, got, you've got to put yourself in a situation to be successful. And I feel like that I have done that being with the Sparks. Well, and how did you kind of make that jump from the collegiate ranks to the WNBA? I mean, I'm just correct me if I'm wrong. You're now entering your fourth season as an assistant in the WNBA. So how did you how did you make that jump? I believe it was San Antonio at the time. Rachel, you're not going to believe this. This is a, this is one of those one of those things that's meant to happen. But I when I first started my coaching career, it was at a high school, Midwest City High School here in Oklahoma. And I left there and took a high school job in Denton, Texas at Billy Ryan High School. And when I left there to start my college career, I, the, the coach that replaced me, uh, Monisha Allen, she um, was good friends with Vicki Johnson. And I hadn't talked to Monisha in over 15 years. And Vicky contacted Monisha and said, hey, I just got the head coaching job in San Antonio. Do you know of anyone that would be really good or might even might be interested? And she gave her one name, and that was mine. And like I said, I haven't talked to her in over 15 years. Wow. And so they, they reached out to me when I was uh, in Atlanta and um, had some uh, good conversation with Vicki and Ruth Riley, the general manager at the time. And so I, I went through like three or four um, conversations with them through the interview process and she offered me the job. Wow. So that's how it all happened. And here we are. Okay. That's awesome. And here we are. That's a really cool story how that happened. Wow. And, and Ruth Riley, what a throwback name. Love it. Uh, oh, don't you love that? She's, I still stay in contact with her. She's incredible. That's amazing. We always love when, you know, older school players from the W get brought up. And that's something Rachel and I always try and do is reach out to the older players who, who you know, built this league and try and bring them on and talk to them. You know, they just share so much wisdom of, of the origin, the origins of the league. But looking, I agree. Good for well, you. Yeah, we try. <laughs> looking, <laughs> looking at this Sparks team that you've been a part of for a few years now, um, mm -hmm. you know, there, we spoke about you getting that offer in Dallas, but I'm, I'm curious for you, what about this L.A. team is so appealing to you? Like you have opportunities, but what about L.A. keeps pulling you back in? Well, I, you know, just going through this process, I'm not, we just have unfinished business. I mean, this, I know, you know, we had the saying in college as a college coach that, you know, you'll never leave if you say, you know, if you say you're never going to leave for the kids. And that, that's something that uh, I'm going to say now. I just love this team. 
I, I think that we have a championship team. Uh, these players have been extremely good to me. And uh, Coach Fisher has been very supportive. And um, when we were going through these these talks about leaving or not leaving, I actually reached out. Between, I mean, don't get me saying between us. Between us, I actually reached out to a couple of, of players and just visited with them about it uh, because this is a uh, – I mean, we're we're in this. I mean, we're we're in it for the wins. Don't get me wrong, but I I've always I've always wanted to build relationships with players. And when I first arrived at the league, I had someone tell me that this is more of a business. You're not really into relationships with players, and I, I just chose not to do that. I wanted to be there for them, and it is bigger than basketball, and and so I want to build those relationships, and so. Um, it, it was really, I mean, I say it was a hard decision, I, you know, because um, I respect Vicky so much, but I, I just love the Sparks and I love the organization. I love working with Coach Fisher and these players, and I, I just know that, that great things are going to happen. So long story short, what you're saying is the players didn't twist your arm to do those TikTok dance videos. <laughs> <laughs> that was all me. That was all me and Sydney Weiss. Oh my God. <laughs> you definitely brightened many people's days. I've been working on them. I'm going to be a lot better this season. I'm just going <laughs> to I would love to be a fly on the wall watching you, like, sending videos to them. Like, hey, look, I've been working on this move. Hey, you'll be surprised at how many they send me and say, get ready. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, you, you've yeah. kind of talked about this. Now that you've had time to reflect on on this past season, I'm, I'm curious for you, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. That takes a whole new form of a meaning uh, now that we're in 2021. But can you talk to us a little bit about looking back at this team? What do you feel like the strengths and weaknesses of the team were? Well, I, I think just being in in the wobble in itself was a was a, a tough situation for many of our players. I mean, like I said, it was bigger than basketball, and and having the opportunity to even um, get in the gym <laughs> when we could. I mean, there's there's times that we would, you know, as you know, would play every other day, and we didn't get to practice that much. And then we had players that that uh, opted out that we that. Uh, had a shorthanded a little bit, but it was completely understandable and we respect their decision. But I, I think coming into 2021, this upcoming season, uh, having all of our players, uh, I think, like I said, it, it's going to be really exciting. Well, I, you know, you say that, but I'm I'm so curious. What do you think the most importance is going to be? Because is, is it as simple as, you know, getting Shanae, Christy Tolliver, like getting some of the, you know, the diva overseas, you know, is it as simple as actually having the team that you thought you guys were going to have going into this past season, or is there going to be a little bit more complicated than that? Are you sure you haven't coached before? Because that's, (laughs) that is really a great question. And it's, it's so true. Uh, Yeah. You know, you've got to, we've got to have our chemistry, you know, it's easy to on paper to look at our roster and say, Oh my gosh, how can they not win a, a championship because of the players that we have? But you know, there's a little bit of luck in there and, and we've got to keep everyone healthy and we've got to uh, get everyone back on the same page and, and playing together and uh, accepting their roles on the team. And uh, yeah, so there's there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, but again, when you have a group of individuals that buy in, that uh, works extremely hard, that empower one another, um, it, it'll come um, <laughs> it'll come quicker. 
All right, coach. So we kind of want to get into the mind of a WNBA assistant coach and um, just kind of from your, your perspective, um, especially, but I want to ask you just about scouting in general and game planning in general in the league. Obviously that's vastly different um, at all the levels you've been at, but what makes the WNBA so difficult to scout and game plan against? <laughs> the players, <laughs> the physicality, the, you know, the talent, you know, in, in college, you know, I, I think about um, really having to focus on like maybe the top six uh, or the top seven. And they right. usually have you know three or four that are just extremely good, as you know. But in the W, everyone is good. Everyone is at, at a high level or they wouldn't be there. So, you know, you're, you're scouting and breaking down film to what they're doing in the pick and roll to how are they defending? You know, is their top foot up or they have an open stance or, you know, what, what are they, which hand is up, you know, on, on, on the close out, the left or the right to see which foot you're going to attack. I mean, there, it's so attention to detail. I mean, I always love to say that it's the little things that make the big things happen. And then in the W it, it's more detailed when you, when you're watching film and when you're scouting. And obviously you spend, a, I would imagine, a really great deal amount of time with the team going through scout, talking about action, showing action. Uh, but how much time is spent one-on-one -on -one or in small groups? Is that something that you spend a lot of time with? Rachel, I mean, it is nonstop. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You better love what you do. But I, I'm just going to I'm just going to compare it to the, you know this past season in, in, in the Webble. But I, I would get, you can ask any player, I'd get to the lobby of the hotel around 8.30 in the morning, and I, I was just available for anyone that wanted to come watch film. Now, mind you, out of, the, out of the number of players that we had, almost all of them wanted to watch film. So, I, I, like I said, I would sit there from like 8.30 in the morning up to practice time, which was usually around 2. Wow. And then uh, we would go, when we had that opportunity to go practice, uh, we would be there for an hour and a half to two hours, and then I would also make myself available uh, after practice. I thought back in the lobby I would go, and I would just sit there and work on my scouts and then um, be there for any individual player that wanted to take the time to watch uh, watch film. I'm I'm just imagining a player from another team, like, knowing that you're doing that yeah. and coming down with, like, a fake yeah. mustache or, like, like a, a disguise and sitting nearby <laughs> trying to trying to peek over and get some uh get some tips from you um you've <clears throat> you've talked about player relationship you've talked about the growth of this team and someone who pops to my mind is Taya Cooper she was drafted cut signed mm -hmm. did you like I, you know obviously you watched her college game you know about her energy you know about her style of play but did you know so early on that she was going to break onto the scene like the way she did? Or was there anything about her during the season that surprised you uh, that she was able to do? Yeah, I don't know if so much I was surprised, but it, it just her approach coming in and how confident she was. I mean, she, she came in like she has been there for several years. And I will give Coach Fisher credit uh as well for that, because, you know, just having that point guard mentality, he really took her under a wing and, and try to help her even with film, you know, sessions of, of what she should be looking for and how she needs to, you know, be, be the floor general. And so just watching the other players too, knowing um, what great potential she has in this league, uh, watching Candace Parker and NECA and Chelsea, 
really just mentoring her and uh, just giving her more confidence uh, than she already had coming in. But of course, I love her energy. I love her personality. Um, she fits in really well with our other players. And um, yeah, so I, I think the future is really bright for her. I'm excited about her. Um, Coach, I want to ask you, I mean, through your extensive experience, everywhere you've been, every stop along the way, um, obviously right now with where you're at, what down the road, where do you see yourself in four, five, six, seven, ten years? Uh, what is your ultimate goal in coaching? Continue to impact and empower women uh, in this game and help grow our game. Um, obviously, I want to be a head coach again when the, when the, when it's the right fit and the right time. Uh, that's something that I'm I'm extremely looking forward to. But right now, uh, I want to, like I said, continue to empower and impact. Um, these players uh, in a positive way and help Coach Fisher and the organization win a championship. Well, that's an interesting question, interesting leeway to what I want to ask, which is as an Uh assistant coach, (laughs) no, 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 like as an assistant coach, is your off season just like getting tons of calls from D fish, you know, like, oh, he's calling me again. He wants to go over like what, you know what I mean? Like, what is it that you're doing during the off season to get better? Cause I think, in, in many talking heads or fans' minds, it's like, all right, we know the head coach is just, he doesn't sleep for 12 months out of the year because he's so he's staying up late night, you know, running plays in his mind. What does an assistant coach during do, do during the offseason? Uh, continue to grow, uh, continue to get better. Um, and it's funny that you said say that because we have a Zoom call, the staff does right after this. <laughs> And talk about our roster and and moving forward. And so, yes, we we stay connected all the time. Uh, we're talking about free agency, obviously, and and the the roster and and uh, what we need to do to win a championship uh, this upcoming season. And so, we're watching college players um, like Rachel. I, I'm I'm trying to do this analyst thing. So I'm 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 it's uh. One of the hardest things I've ever done. I have have so much respect for the individuals that that do this. Uh, But so I've been able to watch a lot of the Big 12 uh, teams just because I I get to call their games. And so we're, yeah, yes. So we're always connected. Coach Fisher's always, we have, you know, group text messages. And so we we stay connected. I mean, it really is a, a family atmosphere. And so if there's things that I see, uh, that the NBA is doing, whether it be defensively or offensively. I mean, we'll shoot each other information. Did you see this particular play or did you see what they did defensively? And that goes for the college game as well. So, yeah, and I'm also keeping in contact with our players. And I think that's uh, really important. So at least once, twice, three times a month, sometimes weekly, I- I'm-, I'm contacting them to make sure that they're doing well and, and to see if they need anything. Awesome. I didn't realize you were calling games. Yeah, that's a whole other monster right there. But hey, at least least you are getting to get really in-depth knowledge of the Big 12. Um, At least for me, it's really tough to watch all the different conferences, let alone trying to find a way to stream them. It's that's a whole other animal within itself. But very cool. I mean, you're gonna have to let me know uh, what games you're doing. I want to listen in. Um, But I have a fun one for you. Yes. We are in the season that everyone loves to talk about expansion. <laughs> you know, yes. uh, it's a big topic on Twitter and everybody wants a team in every city across the country. And I just have a fun one for you. If and when the WNBA were to expand, what two markets do you think would be the best? 
Well, you know, I'm going to say Oklahoma City just because I'm here. <laughs> I, I had a feeling. I had a feeling. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it right there with that. I mean, we got the Thunder here, so we we should have a we should have a team here. Um, oh, that's that's a tough one because there's so many great places I think that would be. How about Denver? That would be. You know, that actually, Rachel, that you, now that you say that, I actually have mentioned Denver before because Denver is a is a great place. And, you know, I've lived in Colorado for five years where I where I coached and yeah. used to spend a lot of time in Denver. And and so that would be a really good place. It would definitely. So, yeah, I would go with that. It would definitely make my life easy. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I know it would. Yes, it would. Yeah, just like Oklahoma City, right? <laughs> just stay at home during the away games when you're there, right? That's right. We're going to speak it to existence, right? Here. Hey, if if uh, if Angel McCautry is going to bring some games to Africa, why can't we bring a team to Oklahoma City? Yeah, I'm down with it. I agree with. You. I'm down with it. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, you've you've been around the league and you've been around the game for a very long time, and and I mean that with the utmost respect. I'm I'm curious for you, kind of how you've seen women's game in general, but also the W kind of evolve from its inception. You know, I, I feel like we'd be remiss. It, it, we are entering the 25th year of the WNBA. It's a huge milestone from my understanding. Maybe I'm wrong about this and and the numbers people will yell at me, but, you know, it's the longest lasting women's professional sports league. Um, so talk to me kind of about the growth of women's basketball over the years and also the W from your eyes. Yeah, it, I mean, it has definitely involved in a very positive way. And it's just because of these pioneers that we have and the current players. I mean, just their voices and and uh, the things that they're doing, not only on the basketball court, but just in society in general. And I think back uh, when I was, this is, hey, don't, don't start laughing, but back in the day when I was playing in high school and in college, um, you know, I, I didn't know exactly what was, was out there. I knew that there was, you know, if you played professionally, uh, you could go overseas, but you weren't going to make very much. And it just wasn't really a, a big deal with the media and things like that. And I'm going to say to both of you, you've done an amazing job to help grow our game as well with what you do. But it, it is, I mean, it has grown so much. I mean, you can see little kids now, even the ones that come up to me, even at a, at a college game that I'm being an analyst, there, there, there's little kids that's been coming up to me that, that have said one of these days I'm going to be in the W. And I think that's really special. And I don't know if that was like that um, many years ago, you know, I mean, when it first started. And so we got to give credit to the pioneers and, and just the coaches and the organizations that are here now helping to grow our game because I think there's it's going to only get better. Rachel, I know you want to ask something. I just want to chime in real quick. I had a similar experience um, in D.C. a few years ago. The USA team was taking on the Japanese national team. And my wife and I are sitting oh, wow. there watching the game. And it was at like GW or whatever. So it was a small stadium. And we're sitting there. And I turn to my right and I see Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird just kind of standing there, yeah. nobody bothering them. And so I'm just like, oh, cool. That you know, didn't think much of it. We see them around. Not, not to brag. We see them around. We interview them. Whatever. Um, and <laughs> and then all of a sudden, one young woman saw them and ran over there. And then next thing I know, I turn around and I still have this photo. It just came up on like uh, the time hop or whatever it's called when your phone reminds you of past photos. 
And there was right. a crowd of people surrounding them, asking them for photos. Asking them for, like, to me, that's the growth that we need to see more of, of educating our young players. Like, this is the ultimate goal. Look at these amazing women. Look at the hard work that they do and what they're able to accomplish. And to see that just, I mean, I'm not even going to like lie. This is pretty sappy, but it brought a tear to my eye. Cause like, so mm-hmm. when I, one of the main things that got me into covering the W was I had two younger sisters and I wanted them to have mm-hmm. role models to look up to, as opposed to just looking at the NBA or the NFL. Like, why can't you have a role model who looks like you? So, sorry. I love that. Good. No, keep, keep going. I'm going to chest bump you. I'm getting <laughs> no, that, is absolutely, that is absolutely fantastic. And I, it, you, you'll be surprised on how many little private messages that I get on social media. Uh, and this, this is no, no joke. I've had three this past week of fathers that have sent me a private message that has said, my daughter is going to be in the W someday. And, you know, had a picture or something. And that's what we're striving for. And, and so I, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Coach, I have one final question for you, but I got to know real quick. What okay, right. what position were you? I think I, I think I have an idea, but you talked about your playing days. What were you? A point guard? No, I, I was a shooting oh. shooting guard. And this is what's crazy. As a player, I didn't even know how to spell defense. And then <laughs> as a coach, I'm, I mean, I'm so defensive-minded. It, it's crazy. But as a player, I was, I was offensive-minded. And so that's uh, – but as I said, I never wanted to play defense, which is absolutely crazy. But it's uh, how things change over time. Do as you <laughs> say, right. not what you do, right? That's right. That's exactly it. All right. Well, one day when our paths cross, I challenge you to a game of horse. I'm basically unbeatable. I would love that. Just so you know, that short corner jumper gets you every time. I'm, I'm, I'm... Okay. So, okay. Now you're saying that. So now I've got to get my TikTok dance. And now I've got to start getting to the gym and shooting more. Oh, things I've got to put on my list to get ready for. There you go. Um, well, Coach, one more. You know, we, we love to ask um, our guests, our players, our coaches, um, advice that they would give to the next generation. I want to switch it up with you. Um, what advice would you give to the next generation of coaches, of young women who want to, or men, who want to enter the coaching field, um, how to get in? How, I get that question a lot. Like, what's what's a good way to get my foot in the door? What's a good way to become a great assistant coach, like I want to coach, you've done it at every level. What advice would you give an aspiring young coach? Well, I think about when I, when I was inducted into the Seminole State College uh, Hall of Fame, I, I was giving my Ooh. speech and the, the players were, the, the women's team was sitting in the, in the back of the auditorium. And, and at the end, I, I just remember saying to them, if you, if in Seminole is a, a small school, and I, and I told them, if, you, if I would have been walking the halls at Seminole State and someone would come up to me and say, you know, one day you're going to be coaching professional basketball, I would have looked at them and said, you're dadgum right I am. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the mentality that you've got to have. You've got to think that impossible is nothing. Yeah. And you, you've, got to, you've got to put in the work. I mean, that, that, that is something that's really big. But it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. Um, what level you're currently coaching or if you're still in college or whatever the case may be. If, if you have a passion and a drive, put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to be rejected. Uh, make those phone calls. Watch practices when it's allowed at that time. Uh, get on a Zoom call um, and, and just pick the brains of, of 
coaches and at, at, at all levels. There's some great coaches at the junior high level. There's great coaches at the high school level. There is great coaches at the college level. There are people out there that will help. And so, like I said, if you have a passion for it and you have a work ethic, um, I'm going to go back to saying impossible is nothing. Just put yourself out there and just uh, just keep working hard and surround yourself with successful people. Coach, you have given us plentiful amounts of sound bites, inspirational quotes. I love it. We're so thankful for your time. Uh, we know you got some important business to uh, to attend to coming up with free agency, uh, you know, building up this roster. So we're really appreciative of it. And thank you so much uh, for everything you do for the game. Oh, I think both of you, and thanks for having me. I'd come back anytime. And, and uh, this again, thank you for growing our game because you guys do a fantastic job. Well, you've just doomed yourself to coming on here regularly. So <laughs> I have you, you may want me back after this next Zoom call. <laughs> I'm about to be on. <laughs> thank you, Coach. You have a great rest of your day. You too.